0: This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless, available online at
1: bravadowireless.com.
0: Nick Gallo joins us now, sideline reporter, digital editor for Oklahoma City Thunder, also the sideline reporter there on Bally Sports OK. Nick, thank you for uh, joining us this afternoon here in Tulsa, man. What's going on?
1: Thanks so much for having me. Just kind of digesting everything that happened over the last few days in terms of the draft introductory press conference for Cason Wallace and uh, Keontae Johnson, so... Um, Been exciting stuff down here in OKC.
0: Let's walk us, well, get your opinion and walk us through just the overall move in its own right from Oklahoma City to go from 12 to 10. Um, It takes, you know, a team like the Mavs that are in a completely different scenario right now that more than likely would have ended up taking their 12th pick overall at number 10 if they couldn't get a deal worked out. But it worked out nicely, I feel like, for both Dallas and Oklahoma City once the Thunder had, Uh, Williams, or excuse me, Wallace targeted where they wanted it. I I actually like the move from both sides, from both Dallas and Oklahoma City's perspective.
1: Yeah, certainly, you know, for the Thunder, which I can kind of speak more to their motivations, it's in these scenarios, the team is trying to get as high up in the draft as they can get. And, you know, obviously within reason to make sure that those costs are are appropriate. But um, when you have a guy that you want, like Wallace, and a guy that you feel like fits uh, not just in terms of play style on the floor, but fits really culturally, fits uh, what this environment is, is been and has been. And um, you want it to continue to be in terms of that uh, team-first mentality, a competitiveness out on the floor and intensity to his game and the way he plays. Uh, you you want to go get that guy. And so I think um, certainly a, a lot of motivation there for the Thunder to Uh, do what they needed to do to come away with the type of competitor that they got on Thursday night.
0: You can speak to the type of Oklahoma City Thunder player that the uh, team looks for from the front office down all the way to their fit on the floor. Um, We've talked about it a lot here in the afternoon. It's about the quality of person. And that's not a joke. I know there have been a lot of other franchises that have said something like that in the past and maybe not lived up to that reputation. That has not been the Thunder's rep here over the last couple of years. What type of quality person did they get in Wallace from what you've been able to put together and also listening to Sam Presti?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things that Sam said that really stood out to me, and I thought this is so true, just you know, think about basketball, big picture. But he said about Wallace, you know, this guy got drafted in the top 10 by just being an incredible team player, a guy that makes the right play all the time and that's a great lesson for all sorts of young players out there. You know, this is a guy, Cason Wallace, who went to Kentucky, and we've seen this time and time again with Kentucky guards who, you know, have to try to manage an entire team of incredible, talented players and, and how you're going to, you know, share the wealth in those types of environments. Wallace was a player who was absolutely willing to do all of the dirty work defensively. I mean, you just think about some of the, the games that he had, he had a, a game with eight steals uh, in his third career game as a, as a collegiate player. That's uh, unbelievable. Um, his, his anticipation, his off-ball uh, commitment to defense is something that is absolutely critical to any NBA team's performance. And this is a guy who, from the very outset of his collegiate career as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, uh, was able to to get that onto the floor every single night. And so that's really impressive. And then, you know, the ability to play off the ball and willingness to do so uh, and not necessarily have to have the ball in his hands all the time, but be able to be a playmaker in those situations. You know, we saw him play off the catch, attack closeouts. That's the exact style that the Thunder is is looking for. I mean, that's, that's how J-Dub plays. That's how Shea and Josh Giddy and – Uh, all of these guys' play is is the ability to to play off of one another, make quick decisions, get downhill, uh, and then make a play for the next guy. Uh, And he does all of that with that team-first mentality, a physicality, a toughness, uh, and kind of a no-nonsense mindset that's really in the water in Oklahoma City.
0: You know, Nick, one of the things that I have grown to appreciate about the Thunder is that they know what their identity is, and they never seem to stray from that we hear teams preach about what their what theirs might be all the time and yet they don't actually live it. Oklahoma City has lived it more than i think anyone else within the league over the last couple of years they, and they don't stray away from that and that is quality of person, you know, everything they just mentioned in in style of play, it is in a way it's kind of refreshing, isn't it, that they actually go out and practice what they preach, very specific type that they're looking for. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of another team that's in the league that does that as in-depth as what Oklahoma City does, and I'm kind of coming up empty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will point to the Miami Heat and just how consistent they've been over the course of time in terms of uh, the product they've put out on the floor. But I think um, one of the things that makes the Thunder unique in this regard and something that Sam actually talked about at the end of this season is um, sometimes the word culture gets you know, beat over the head a little bit. But I think the Thunder has some humility in the sense that they understand um, their culture, their environment is not something that they can just take for granted. And so I think um, part of the reason that the Thunder has been able to maintain a really strong environment, a consistent environment, is certainly the, the longevity of the people and the staff and the carryover there and the ability to, have, um, to find guys in the draft, which isn't always easy to do, find guys. Um, in free agency here and there or in trades that really fit with, the, with that environment. But to recognize that if you're not constantly vigilant about maintaining the environment that you want, that can be changing, but finding the equilibrium, um, if, you're not, if you're not vigilant about that, then those standards can slip. And so um, I think, you know, it's one thing to sort of establish a culture or say that you have one, but it's another to do the work and be really intentional about continuing to um, to, to focus on on what you want your daily work environment to be like and fortunately the the thunder has been very blessed to find players um, who can add to that and put their own fingerprints on that it's not the culture is not something that stayed static from you know the days when I you know first got here in 2012 to now uh, but it's something that um, has been you know really uh, intentionally crafted over the course of time um, depending on the personalities and the people who are there.
0: Well, and part of that involves the developmental process and all of this as well with what they've been able to do and and having the right people in place. And then, you know, the due diligence to craft your organization from a developmental standpoint and then go out and find the right players that you that you feel fit that. Um, And a lot of it's on the player too to, you know, come to grasp with what their lot is in, in this franchise. But to have the belief that you, you are giving them the best opportunities to succeed because of the developmental people that you have in the organization. That's refreshing as well, because look at what they've done over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, a recognition of kind of your, your competitive advantages, your core competencies. And the Thunder has recognized over the course of time that player development is something that it can do well. And in comparison to many other markets who maybe are leaning more on free, free agency. um, The Thunder recognizes that they might not have two max free agents walking in the door uh, every summer that they, you know, that they can just kind of open up their doors and guys are going to waltz in. They've got to build those, those types of players up from the ground. And so a lot of the identification process is not necessarily, you know, the, the top most talented guy that they see in the draft. It's Who are the guys that, that the Thunder can help? Who are the guys that the Thunder can get into the building, get into the system, get into the the development process, and make the most gains uh, over the course of time? And and so I think when you look at guys like Wallace and Johnson, who the Thunder brought in, you know, you can look at certainly what they've done on the floor, their skill sets and that kind of thing, but these are also people that are going to be committed to attacking the program, as Mark Dagnall likes to call it, and guys that are willing to, to kind of put themselves, on the line and and humble themselves to the program uh, night in and night out.
0: Let's talk a little bit about, and this is an unfair question because there's so much unknown, but um, your vision of how you feel that Wallace's fit in Oklahoma City will look once we get into summer league and then uh, into camp and when the season starts. How do you think all of that looks?
1: Well, I mean, I think part of the beauty of of everything we've just been talking about here is that the organization really does not set ceilings does not set expectations. This is a a group that, you know, and and we've seen this over the course of time with, with guys who are already established in the NBA, you think about, you know, Deion waiters, Ennis Cantor, some of these guys that have come in and been able to redefine themselves once they've been inside the wall. So I think that there's really a blank slate mentality in terms of how each of these guys will fit and, you know, things that they might've been known for prior um, might be somewhat different but but what they've dra- what they're focused on in the draft is the, the human being and what they can bring to the table in terms of you know their fit culturally. and then what happens on the floor exactly how it meshes that that still remains to be seen. I think we're still uncovering so much about Josh giddy in terms of his physicality at the rim was, was so significantly higher this year than it was the previous year. Shea obviously continues to grow in leaps and bounds. The player that, that Jalen Williams J-Dub was at the beginning of last season compared to the end of last season is, is night and day. So to answer your question about Wallace, I think um, there's so much to uncover about who he will be in a Thunder jersey. I think what we can you know, say pretty clearly is that he's going to bring a competitive fire. He's going to bring an intensity and, some, and an, a defensive-minded approach. And then you know, when, when that meshes with some of these other guys on the floor – is he able to sort of lift that competitive environment of the team even further, even higher? And is he able to play off of some of these guys offensively? Um, be it, you know, when he mixes and matches with first unit guys or second unit guys. And, um, we have to remember too, he's only 19 years old. and So there's a a very likely chance that, um, you know, the G league is a part of his story as well. Uh, you just never know um, exactly where you're meeting these guys on their development arc. And, um, there's so many tools at the Thunder's disposal in order to get these guys to the place that they want to go.
0: Okay. I got two more quickly. Uh, I I don't want most of this to be like just about Williams, because I know there are a lot of people that are excited about the potential with Keontae Johnson as well. Uh, Maybe just maybe the next two way uh, type player that, that the Thunder are looking for. I'll let you speak on him before we even get to the summer league.
1: Yeah, uh, very very physical player. I mean, you just look at him. He's 23 years old. He has got an NBA ready body. He's six foot six. He's a monster. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It led, his, led his team in rebounding. I mean, uh, obviously the amazing story in terms of what he had to overcome from collapsing on the floor at the University of Florida back in 2020. He sits out, you know, two years in recovery of that, and then, you know, he was a he was an All SEC player that year sits out two years and is an all big 12 performer this past year. I mean, that is really, really hard to do to be able to establish yourself in two different conferences like that. um, And to be able to, to kind of seamlessly impact the game the way that he did. But um, he was a very efficient shooter from three, 40% from behind the arc. Uh, Again, led his team in rebounding Uh, another defensive minded player, but a guy that was able to put the ball in the basket too. So definitely excited to see, you know, what, what he's able to bring and, Another example of how the draft has just, it has been completely transformed. You got to go get wings in the draft because it's the cheapest place that you can find them Uh, in free agency and trades um, to get a wing is extremely expensive, but the draft is one place that you could get them um, just when your team comes up on the board.
0: We have uh, the saying here in the afternoon show, everyone's looking for toolsy wings, right? If you can find that toolsy wing, then uh, you are off and running. And the last one the Thunder are participating in both Salt Lake City and Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who plays in each summer league event. But I even saw where something where, I mean, JW even kind of alluded to at least playing a little bit in Salt Lake City. So we're we're kind of on the uh, watch here to see who's going to participate in both summer leagues.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly who is going to play. That's usually not decided until even sometimes the last few days before uh, the team heads out to Salt Lake. But I will say uh, there's a point of pride, I think, within the organization. I think there's no better example than Josh Giddy last year, who uh, certainly after the rookie campaign that he had, um, didn't have to prove anything to anybody, but he wanted to be out there on the floor at Summer League. He wanted to be able to connect with his teammates. He wanted to be able to get more live reps against his peers. And he obviously showed out great. It was, um, it was so much fun to watch him and Chet uh, play alongside each other in those settings and, of course, get some uh, initial action with both of the Jalen Williamses. So um, I, I think it's one of those great reveals every summer uh, when you find out which Thunder players are going to be on that uh, summer league roster. And, you know, certainly um, we're looking forward to to hopefully getting to see both of these two new rookies that we talked about out on the floor for the first time, um, in addition to to maybe some of the returners as well.
0: Nick, good stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Don gave me your number. I heard you on with Don when he filled in here uh, with us in the past. Uh, always enjoy the great stuff that you do there on the broadcast and also uh, your writing there at OKCThunder.com. And appreciate you coming on with us here in the afternoons in Tulsa.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat with, chat with you, and uh, hopefully we we'll talk again soon.
0: Ab- absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it. That is uh, Nick Gallo joining us here on the Blitz 1170 of course, he is the sideline reporter there for Bally Sports OK and also the uh, reporter and digital editor for OKCThunder.com. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we will have a weekend recap that features maybe some of the wildest baseball numbers that I can remember in quite some time. That's next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.